faces at me. It's a nervous twitch, and I'm a little sensitive about it, if you don't mind. Mom, he's doing it again. Bye, quit it. Quit it. Hey, quit it, quit it, quit it, quit it, Mom! Get out. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by The Simpsons Quotes and Nobody Gets Anymore, Facebook page and nohomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Today we are here to review Homer Alone. As long as we don't have any more telemarketers interrupting us. Yeah, what was that about? I don't know. I got a call from Forex Capital Exchange. I think they wanted me to try and buy some other currency or something along those lines. But I've never said this before, but I had the single greatest line that I think I've ever used to get out of a telemarketing call. It's like, how are you? I'm, I, look, I'm really good. I'm sorry, but I'm about to go record a radio show. And get this, you heard it. You go, yeah. oh, oh, wow. Are you famous? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'll call you tomorrow. <laughs> I always just say, I'm not 18, but my mom will be home soon. They just hang up for the uh, way. Yeah, clever. Legally, That's legally a great talk one. to me. Yeah. yeah. Just say, I'm not 18. Bang, yeah. gone. Anyway, so, as I said, here to review Homer Alone. What were your first thoughts after going back and rewatching it? That there's not as many like classic lines, if any, in this episode. For one, there's a lot more visual humor that was going on and kind of situational comedy rather than, you know, people cracking wise back and forth. I loved it. I really, really enjoyed this episode. I think because I didn't go into it with high expectations. Okay. This was one of those episodes when I was younger I tended to avoid. I was just like, uh, I don't know, maybe I just didn't didn't relate to me as much as a kid. Yeah, possibly. But I feel like the situation, seeing them out of their comfort zone was really, really funny. In particular, Homer trying to look after Maggie. But I think any grown man can relate to ha- being stuck with a kid for a weekend. You wouldn't want to do it. True. Yeah, like, imagine you with a baby. <laughs> I don't know that I'd be strolling in two and a half hours late to feed it. I think I'd, I'd try to be a bit more responsible. I did like Homer in this episode, though, because I feel like he was generally making an effort to look after Maggie. Yeah. The kids, too, when we've all had that one family member that we didn't want to stay with when we were younger. Mm. I won't say who it was, but my parents, my mum knows who it was, and it was either one or the other, and it was the good one, we were happy, my sister and I, if it was the yep. bad one, we were like, <sighs> and it just reminded me of that yeah. time. Yeah, I will say it, Aunty Lisa from my family uh, yeah. w- wouldn't, wouldn't, let you, <laughs> wouldn't let you turn on the television as a kid. Why? If it was a family event, no television. Do you know how much horseshit that was when I was like... 13 and there was sport on of any variety yeah. <laughs> like the football's but on but when you're 13 you couldn't turn tv on yeah no i wasn't allowed to watch tv if there was a family barbecue wow yeah that's a that's terrible yes it was <laughs> i also think in this episode the reason it worked for me is because i feel like the situations were so real and believable they weren't too wacky i for some reason when i was watching it i thought this was the episode where maggie gets behind the wheel of the car and drives the car oh okay i thought it was that one i thought well it obviously gets into wacky some territory moments like Chief Wiggum trying to talk her down from not committing suicide after she's somehow gotten onto the like a three-story roof of a building. Okay, it's wacky. Yeah, it is wacky. Okay, it didn't feel cartoonish wacky. It didn't feel like Homer jumping the gorge on a skateboard wacky. Yeah, yeah, I'm, to that I'm extent. Yeah, it could have happened somehow. I'm sure there are plenty of grown men that slept <laughs> on the floor on top of a conch shell last oh, night. Of course, yeah. yeah. No, but I, I just think that the, the humor was really was straightforward. Like you said, there wasn't many laugh out loud gags, but. It had a really touching story to it. Marge needed a break. Mm. She deserved it. And I, just I, lo- I really, I, th- I thought the strongest part of the episode personally was the first five minutes. The way it built up to her losing the plot mm. was brilliant. Brilliantly done. I, I was convinced that that had been written by a mother, probably like a single mother. But <laughs> yeah. just, it really felt like 
I, I, and I understand that it, the, this was a script that was kind of rewritten a little bit. Originally, um, yeah. they were going to have a... Originally, it was going to be more cartoony. She was going to go to like a... The Distressed a, Mother's Institute. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> for, for people that are listening, I look at Dando with fear in my eyes every now and then, <laughs> and I trust that he will have the note that I need. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, you know, then it went bad at the table read, and I presume... The majority of the Simpsons writers, uh, male, particularly in the early days, I, I get the feeling that this is a script that was probably written by men originally. Oh, okay, yeah, Then yeah. it got to the table read and then would have been opened up a little bit more and then a few women probably piped up and went, that's not Had their right. Input, yeah. And then, yeah, got their input, got back, rewrote it, and, and it, you know, it's, it's really, really well done. It's one of the, the better kind of writings for a, a mother of a cartoon that you'll ever see. As I was saying before, the realism to this episode... The way she loses the plot is something that I think a lot of mothers can relate to. Mm. They're just the little things that just build and build and build. It's nothing over the top. It's just, you know, like the kids arguing in the backseat of the car. Um, I think the radio was a bit sort of uh, convenient, I guess, for the episode. But Homer, what was what did he do? You wanted, she was going out to do chores and Homer throwing an extra bowling ball on top of it. Just stuff yeah. like that. I felt like this episode made me really appreciate my mum. Because I watched it and I thought, geez, my mum did a lot for me as a kid. And I probably was a little bit of a shit. Yeah. But anyway, well, that, that wouldn't surprise me if you were. <laughs> but I just, I really, really enjoyed this episode and didn't expect to. Okay. Yeah. Now, a few facts before we go back and review the episode. Uh, obviously, as Mitch said before, Marge's trip was originally meant to be to the Distressed Mothers Institute. And now it says here, apparently, then had to go back and pretty much rewrite the entire episode, switching the institute to the uh, Rancho Relaxo. Rancho Relaxo. Which is great. And it added the video appearance from Troy McClure. Yeah. Which uh, anyone that's looked at Wikipedia will have seen El Jean talking about that, saying yeah. that, that was kind of their panic button, that when they felt like an episode needed some more laughs, they would throw Troy McClure in. Yeah. Which for AFL fans is exactly what Hawthorne do with Sean Burgoyne. <laughs> when they get behind by a certain amount, then Clarko says, send Burgoyne to the center bounce. <laughs> that, that's sort of like in case of emergency, break glass. Now, the episode's title. Do you want to explain this one? It's a play on. Oh, um, Home Alone. Pretty obvious. They just threw an R in there. What's the link to, to the episode? Uh, Home Alone starring Daniel Stern as one of the Wet Bandits and this one written by his brother... David Stern. David Stern. Yes. And a scene at the train station where Marge leaves for Rancho Relaxo includes a little cameo from... A character who's based on the Simpsons director, Jim Reardon. Now, Reardon really dislikes flying. So, whenever they get to the train station, they always try to sneak him in there. Yep. A bit of a sight gag for the people behind the scenes. And also, in the scene where Homer uh, sings a song to Maggie, he sings her to sleep. Mm. He was designed to look disheveled because the writers had wanted him to look drunk, although no attention was actually called to it. Yeah, okay. Which I thought was a bit odd. So, did they want I just to... Like, I just thought it worked better that he... You know, I'd never really worn down that. And Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. It's more realistic that he was just dishevelled. And when you said, when you are told that he was meant to look drunk, he does look drunk. Mm. But like you said, I thought it, it was just him being just completely broken down because of having to look after Maggie for the weekend. And I did like that scene too. That's one of my favourite scenes. I felt like it was just Homer making a genuine effort. Yeah, yeah. So the original air date was February 6, nineteen ninety two. The chalkboard gag was "I will not spank others." Okay, and the couch gag was the family forms a human pyramid. Now it starts off with the uh, parody of the Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner, mm-hmm. Bart and Homer running through the room. I'd forgotten all about that. As yeah, a thing, like as even not just in this episode, I forgot that was a thing that they ever did. Well, when I first saw it, I thought it was going to be the Indiana Jones parody. You, uh, you thought it was segue into that? Yeah, yeah. I thought, and then it stopped, and I thought, oh no, wait a minute, it's not this. And I couldn't pinpoint. I knew it was a cartoon of some description now, apparently, but I couldn't quite pinpoint what it was. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, because I haven't seen Wally Coyote for years, man. I, yeah, right. It was my favourite as a kid. 
the other thing here is the background. It was actually a play on Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. Because the, the background just continues on and on and on. Looping background of the lounge room, yeah. Yeah, so then Homer and Bart run past the lamp, smash it, and this is where we start the story for Marge. Did you catch the Latin names? I read them, but I didn't write them down. Uh, what were they? Bart was Bratticus. Sorry, Bratus don't have a cowus. Yes. And uh, Homo Neanderthalus. Homo Neanderthalus. Something okay. along those lines. So they knock over the lamp and it breaks. And Marge says, I'm not cleaning that. Oh, who am I kidding? Kicking off the Marge just getting unappreciated yep. for her efforts. Now, I had here, they have a rare fade. Not very often the Simpsons fade to the next scene. Mm. I'm not sure whether it's meant to set the mood of the of the gag. Like, why would they use a... What, what do you think would be their basis for using a fade as opposed to a quick cut? Well, it might just have been that, that in the editing suite, that if they did it as a quick cut, then it made it feel a little bit more jarring. Um, they want the joke to set in more, maybe? Yeah, possibly. Because like she's deflated. The, the, so the, fade, like, uh... the fade kind of lets that joke lead into what happens in the next scene, yeah. which is getting hammered and hammered and hammered by everyone in the family. Whereas if it was a hard cut, it might have made that first scene feel a little bit disjointed moving into that one yep. in the kitchen. Yep, yep. So it cuts to uh, Maggie being disobedient. I did like Marge here saying, when you're older, you can suck the pacifier as much as you want. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then Marge is making the lunches with lots of things to have to try and remember. Just being a super mum, basically. Yep. Any mum on a weekday morning before school. The family starts complaining. Bubble baloney for a home. Mom, can you see my lucky red cap? Mom, where's my lucky red cap? Mom, I hate those mental things. They make me gag. Mom, I'm talking to you. Mom, I'm talking to you. Could I have two sandwiches today? Make the bologna sandwiches too. Could I have two slices of bologna? One at a time. One at a time. It reminded me of when, for example, Nicola would be on the phone mm. and I want her to ask the person something and I just keep interrupting and, yeah. and the person... Like, you Nicola, strike me as the sort of person that would do that. <laughs> Nicola can't say, I will ask them in a minute. She just gives me the look and I'm like, can you just ask them now? I must be so annoying sometimes. <laughs> it just reminds me of that. My dad used to do it to my mum all the time, especially <laughs> when she was calling Foxtel. Like, my dad would say... I'm sick of Foxtel, blah, 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 blah. Marsha, call him up and fix it. And then she would get on the phone and be talking to him and he'd be trying to tell them what to do through my mum, but my dad would be too scared to talk to him himself. Hilarious. <laughs> you know what I actually really liked as well? On the subject of Supermum. Yeah. And this is a callback in my head to Lisa the Greek, like, mm-hmm. you know, only one episode ago. The animation on Marge getting Maggie ready, like, she sort of tosses a diaper over her yeah. shoulder in a bin without looking and just sort of powders her, gets a new nappy on while she's still feeding her and all that sort of stuff. It's exactly as efficient as Homer is at eating snacks. I was about to say the exact same yeah, thing. Like yeah. with his hands going everywhere and he doesn't have to look at what he's yeah. doing. He just knows. <laughs> like Marge gets into the same zone. It's a gift. Mm. <laughs> they were born to second it. nature. Yeah. Marge gets virtually everything correct except for Homer. There you go, Lisa. No pimentos. Bart, your hat's where you left it, behind the toilet. Homer, I'll sew your pants, but I'm out of baloney. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Don't! So Marge has lots of chores to do. Then Homer interrupts and says he wants the bowling ball fixed as well. I, I did like his... Oh, Ellie balls. That's one of the more memorable lines from this episode, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the kids, they missed the bus. Classic. Yeah. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. <laughs> hey, what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever miss the school bus as a kid? I never had to catch one, apart from that one horrible time that I accidentally got on an all-girls school bus and that scarred me for life and I never caught a bus to school. What, how'd that happen? Ah, uh, bad advice. from like What, year level? Uh, I was in year eight or nine, I think. What? Why were you concerned? You're year eight and you're in a bus full of girls. I've, because I f- was out of place. I didn't feel right. All the eyes were on me. And good. Not, not in, no, not in a good way. you never liked that? <laughs> I only like it when I'm in charge and I was lost and I was confused. You're the only man. Take charge. I got like I was going to catch one bus and I got on it fine and it was the bus that I'd looked up to catch. But the driver was like, you know, if you get the next bus, then 
He like, knew what he was it, doing. It gets you closer to the school. He was setting you oh, up the fire. All right, well, thank you very much, sir. And then I got off. And then as soon as I got off that bus, I went, what have I done? <laughs> I don't even know when the next bus is coming. Does he mean the very next bus? Or does he, like, there's a couple of different bus companies. Like, uh, does he mean the next Bender's bus or the next McCarry's bus? Like, what bus should I possibly get on? <laughs> so I get on to the next bus that I see. And, like, the driver kind of looks at me a little bit weird, but he's like, oh, yeah, okay, grab a seat. And then, like, I just, something felt right. It was like when you walk into a bar and everyone stops. Yeah. Like, they all look at you and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to sit down and try yeah. to be as small as I possibly can <laughs> right now. And there was a girl that I kind of liked that I was talking to on the phone a lot at that particular time. And I spotted her. I was like, oh, shit. So, I turned my head as quickly as I could. Um, the bus driver was like, look, this is... About halfway through, he calls me over to his side. He's like, well, we're going in the complete opposite direction. Obviously, you don't want to be going to where we're going. The best I can do is drop you off the lights on the highway and you can run across the road. <laughs> that, was, that was what I did. I made it great. It was like the fugitive. I just <laughs> chopped out the side of the window. <laughs> then, like there's a little help of flat out through the window. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> got a phone, uh, talking to that girl later on that night. It's like, by the way, were you on my bus this morning? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I heard about that. That was weird. <laughs> I just imagine the, the next bus rocks up, the door opens. Seems you got more than you bargained for. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, so we're lost. Where are we up to? Okay, so yeah, so Homer wants the alley ball fixed. Kids miss the bus. Obvious by this point, I've got to hear that the story is going to revolve around Marge being used and abused, mm. and she's having a mental breakdown. I did also note here that uh, Maggie's bow tie disappears once again. Seems to be a recurring issue in season three. Okay. This is like the fourth time I've noticed that, just for one, one shot. So then Bart's teasing Lisa with faces in the car. This scene always grossed me out as a kid because they had the red in the eyes. Uh, Normally, yeah. the Simpsons don't bother doing the red around the eyes, yep. and I'm terrible with eyes. I've got something in my eye. You know this story. Yeah. But if, if I've got something in my eye, I can't handle it. You feel it, like you're dying. Yes, I feel like yeah. I'm dying. I can't see people. You know when people lift their eyelids up? Yeah. I, I pass out just about. I can't. I just can't stomach it. Really? Like, just terrible. Something with eyes. Thank God you have good vision. <laughs> and then when I used to watch this, and when I, even when I watched it then, I was just like, ugh. Like, I just don't <laughs> like it. There's something about that scene. Anyway, so Lisa screams out. Marge just loses it and says, to get out. And the kids are in shock. Yeah. Great scream. Like, yeah. what? A, like, she turns into a fucking demon. Yeah. It's amazing. It reminded me of the point, like, when I was a child, or whatever, I would give my sister or whatever. My mum, she wouldn't scream. But you can tell when, when she was angry, you knew, okay, stop. Yeah. Because mum doesn't get angry for nothing. Yeah. So, when mum's angry, you stop speaking. Yeah. And you do exactly what she says. My mum's rule used to be if I get to three, you're in trouble. Okay. So we get to like two and a half, and I never, I did, I get past, I got past it once, never did it again. I love it when you can call their bluff. And yeah. They start, two and a half, <laughs> two and three quarters. This is your last warning. <laughs> uh, Marge then goes shopping, and this is another similar scene to like when she's changing Maggie, just super mum all over the place, remembering what she needs to buy and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and gets a run around from Nick's. Yeah, but that, before that, the great gag of Maggie just throwing everything back out of the trolley. Yeah. <laughs> now, Nick's explain. Well, uh, so she, uh, Homer asked her to, to go to Nick's bowling place. He's got she, a bottle cap or something stuck yeah, in Yeah, managed to get a bottle cap stuck <laughs> in one of the finger holes. Um, takes it in, he's like, oh, no, you got the wrong place. She was like, does she ask? Like, is this Nick's? Or was like, no, you mean Nick's on the other side of yeah, town. Yeah. So she drags herself all the way to the other side of town to the other Nick's. Oh, I don't know what Nick's th- uh, talking about. I haven't done that for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't dreamed of bowling years. <laughs> I did like, just as just a visual thing, that obviously Marge is starting to look really... Her hair look, gets frayed. Yeah, yeah. But the rubbish on the f- on the footpath at the front of the shop. Yep. Just a subtle little addition that just makes it, brings a bit of realism to it because 
people have to throw rubbish on the ground. Yeah. It's just, you know, the other side of town, there'd be, there'd be rubbish on the ground, I'm assuming. I just, I just like that little touch. Didn't need to be added there. So then it cuts to Marge and she's uh, she's driving down the road and the radio pretty much sends her insane. Yes, with the greatest prank call of all time. Hello, is this Mr. Justin Sherman? Yes. Sir, your wife is dead. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She just walked through a plate glass window. There's blood everywhere. I, I just talked to her. <laughs> Can you imagine if that happened in real radio? No, I, at no point could I imagine if that had happened in real radio. <laughs> um, but that's the moment where Marge has what I like to call her falling down moment. Uh, for pe- have you seen that movie at all? Falling no. down. No. Okay. So I just thought she just broke down. Yeah. Well, n- yeah, similar. But falling down is a movie with Michael Douglas from okay. uh, I want to say late eighties, early nineties. Um, uh, he's a salesman stuck in traffic one morning. And like the opening is just this really tense, there's, you know, just flashing signs everywhere and no one's moving and it's hot in the car and like you hear buzzing sounds. It's like there's a fly or something that's annoying him. And he just snaps and turns the keys off, like turns the car off, gets out, leaves it on the highway and just walks off. Maybe that's a parody of that. Uh, I, I, well, she doesn't walk off though. Yeah, she sort I of... I did love that she calmly turned if, the car I off I don't know though. if it was a direct parody, but it seemed like if... I might show maybe it to it was, you after maybe this Maybe it spurred episode. it, spurred yeah, the idea. Yeah, like it just seemed like it was if any, maybe an homage or something along those lines to it. Um, he then goes on a violent rampage and murders many people. Slight differences to maybe the storyline. the original line. script. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did like here though, you know how the early balls like going around in the head. It yeah, reminds me yeah. of the, hello, Joe. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing that they did a few times with yeah. those floating heads. I think this is the first time they've done that though. I, can't, I was trying to think if they've done it previously. I can't recall um, the, the different things going around in their head. I couldn't think of it. It might be the first one, yeah. Now, it's only about four minutes or so into the episode after... It's about five minutes into the episode, include the one-minute intro. Mm. Marge's descent into madness is just beautiful. The way yeah. it just builds and builds and builds, just small things, small things. There's nothing over the... Like I said, nothing overly large, but just all these things just boom. Yeah. And the way she... The animation of her screaming it, is great as well. It's also the way... I really like the way they show that it's like the weight of... The assumed years of doing this. Yep. Like, it's not like she was just perfectly fine and then snapped. It was... You could really tell that it just... She's having one of those days where she's like, ah, it's been... Let's say since Bart, it's been 10 years of this. I've had enough. I think what happens to Marge in these first five minutes is something that's probably happened to all of us at least one point in our life where we've just had one of those days where nothing is going right and we just want to scream and turn the car off. Obviously, I've never done this. But have you ever had a, t- a point in time where you, maybe you're at work and just nothing seems to be going right? Um, I've had those days where I've been put in charge because my actual boss, my group leader, has gone home sick or whatever. Yeah. And I've, I've just been left in the shit and I'm just left with people that don't know what they're doing and the machine's not working and I have to carry the workload of two people and I'm just like, fuck everything. Yeah, I, I, nothing's springing to mind, but I know that I've... Like, as in, I can't tell you a story, but I know I... Yeah, I definitely would have felt that feeling before where you just want to maybe just take up smoking or something <laughs> like you just r- out of all ideas yeah. you're like ah oh, oh, if i could just go outside and stare directly into the sun for as long as i can before losing my eyesight just to see what that feels like yeah. because it couldn't possibly be as bad as what i'm fucking feeling now <laughs> <laughs> like, like that sort of mood yeah 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 
Uh, so then Marge, as we said, pulls the car over, very calmly turns it off, doesn't get out. I love the bus driver. Look, lady, this better be good. And he just runs off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. That and scene. we get a little um, parody of Michael Jackson here as well with Krusty and the monkey. Oh, well, I was going to say that the whole traffic jam was just great. Like you got the cops with the... Uh, you try flashing your lights. Yeah, well, I'm all out of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm fresh out of ideas. But the reason I liked it was that it sh- it really shows just how much depth there is to the character, the, to the cast mm. of The Simpsons. Because, like for example, Krusty and Mr. Teeny, then there's the um the newsreader, Auntie Pie in the Sky, and then there's yeah. Otto on the school bus. And uh, it's just all these different characters just in the one spot. I just I just loved this scene for some reason. I love Arnie and Brockman having their own little power yes. struggle as well. I knew you would love that scene. Yeah, that shot. Yeah, yeah. Face, hey! the fa- face the facts, Arnie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've got here. That you, I also love his. Uh, I can't remember the straight name. But it's like if you're on the corner of that, be careful because I just dropped my bagel. <laughs> <laughs> I now getting back to Teeny though, probably my favourite scene in the whole episode. Don't push. Now you got chocolate over everything. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't know what it is. It's just maybe it's the delivery. I don't know the animation of the chocolate all around his mouth. I just <laughs> find it fucking hilarious, Mister Teeny. I've told you what. Don't push. Oh, now you got chocolate over everything. <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know. I absolutely loved it. Uh, Brockman here Now this is no mere Morning traffic report That's the scene You're talking about mm. And then Homer's Watching it on TV Hey sweetheart What's the matter Not getting enough Of the good stuff at home <laughs> I did like here though That uh, Lenny and Carl Weren't written to make fun of Homer They were kind mm. of like Ooh You know Because yeah. that's how you would feel yeah, like, you wouldn't give your mate shit. You'd be so awkward. You'd, you'd just be leave. terrified of what your mate would respond like. You'd just turn around and leave. I'm yeah. out. I'm out of yeah. here. So that was the end. I'd of the quit. Th- <laughs> I'd, I'd find a new place to work. <laughs> find new friends. Come back from the commercial, and we have the police tape. Did you see what the police tape? Said? Distressed mother. Please stay back. Great. Yeah. Hilarious. I, it's little things like that. I just love about the Simpsons. So Homer arrives, and he says, "I'm her husband." <laughs> that explains it. Yeah. Lou and Eddie are really starting to become themselves by this point, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. I did feel though that Chief Wiggum. He's not dumb in this episode. He actually does a good job. He's very calm, cool, Mostly. collected. Yeah. He does say a couple of silly things, but he's... Again, apart from trying to talk a sleeping baby off the roof. But outside of that, he's, yeah. he's pretty good. He doesn't. He clearly doesn't know the Simpsons by this point. Yeah, that's true. Because he's like, are you the man that uh, reported the missing baby? Like, yeah. He doesn't know who Homer is, yeah. you know? But I did like just the way his little touches like, here, use the phone, but don't put your lips on it. <laughs> little things like that are just great and then Homer is this thing on anyone that's <laughs> never used a microphone always says that uh, Homer then convinces Marge to come out <laughs> I love the um, homie is that you what should I say oh, I just said that off microphone the <laughs> he said, I'm such an idiot <laughs> <laughs> uh, what should I say say well, say yes it's me yes it's me <laughs> <laughs> I went trying yes it's me <laughs> so yeah then later we should uh, snuggle <laughs> yeah, and, and, my, and then like a great ending to this little scene as well. How like they have the music swell and there's the big hug, and you think that you know, like, oh, okay, so that's resolved. And then we could cover by. But I did like though when she was getting her um, mug shot taken. Yeah. All the gals in the force knew exactly how you felt. Or yeah. Something like that, you know. Oh, thanks. Could you think you could loosen these cuffs a little? No. Yeah. <laughs> Next scene. This is something I'll let you elaborate on because I know you'll love it. The first political little. Debate argument between Wiggum and uh, oh yeah, Wiggum and Quimby in yeah. like in what I assumed is an underground room. It might be just a bar somewhere or a back room, but I like to think that it's actually happening in a bunker. You know, one thing that I noticed is it didn't Quimby didn't sound as JFK in this episode. So it felt like the voice was slightly different. Mm. But anyway, that's neither here nor but, there. But what Wiggum but says here makes sense. But she, she broke the law. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's one of the few times that he's actually interested in upholding the law. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's like if I lose the chick vote, 
Which, yeah, again, like, Mayor just kind of willing to bend whatever needs to be bent in order for his, you know, his agenda to be put forward. Yeah. Or himself to be put forward. Very uh, Frank Underwood. I feel like Carcetti would have done the same thing <laughs> as well. Yeah. Then it cuts to him declaring Marge Simpson Day. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's such a reversal. Not only is she not going to prison, I declare this to be Marge Simpson Day. Yeah. They're like trained seals. Toss them a fish and watch them slap their fins together. And then they're watching that on TV, the report, mm. and Homer's just like, oh, well, all's well that ends well. Yeah. And it's, he hasn't really understood the whole situation, like it's why Marge has done this. Yeah. It's just it's oh, like, back to normal now. Yeah. Okay, she snapped, but she'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the issue's actually not resolved yet, and Marge sees Rancho Relaxo. My favourite part about the whole ad, you can't spell Relaxo without relax. My favourite part of the whole ad is the Spanish conquistador in the pool. Was he doing that? I can't remember that. It's one. like the do- like it's just different settings, and he's in full kind of Spanish, like it's the Three Musketeers type uniform. Yeah. So he's out, like he's riding a horse or something, and he's on it, and then he's in a field, and he's on it, but then he's in the pool, and everyone else is in bathing suits. He's still in the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> Pick up on that. <laughs> so Marge wants a vacation, and Homer's first response is, "We just had one. We're getting a divorce." No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not that point. That's not the first response, but yeah. that was yeah, because um, she wants to go by herself now, to an extent. I can understand that. I feel like you and Ash and Nicola and I have very different relationships. Ash, I can see if, well, she, if, we, if, if Ash said to you, "You guys love each other." <laughs> if, if, if Ash said to you, I "That's wanna... for listeners." Every now and then, I throw test jokes in to see if my wife is still listening to the show. <laughs> if Ash said to you, "I'm going away on a holiday by myself to Queensland," would you? Ash has done it before. That's what I mean. Yeah, it, it, it's, no it's, it's the norm for you. Yeah. Where for me, I'd be I like, just went on a golf trip. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like. Why? What, what, what do you want me there? Like, and vice versa. If I said that, Nicola would be like, well, why do you want to go by yourself? I think, is there something wrong with their relationship? Like, I don't know what it is. is no, it- I, d- I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's just different different people, the way relationships have evolved over time. Like, Ash and I started in a long distance relationship, so we were... Did you really? Yeah, I was living in Victoria. She was up in Mackay. So, for the first three or four months, we were only seeing each other once every couple of weeks. So, yep. as much as obviously, you know, we're married and we live together now, but there's... Like we were, we've still been used to being away from each other while, and she has to travel for work and stuff every now and then she, as well. She's so always in South Africa. <laughs> it's kind of, it's almost normalised that we're not together. Yeah, yeah. That said, I do think she wants a divorce every time she says she wants well, to go she, somewhere. She has told me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Marge says she wants a vacation, and we have the great cut to just Bart and Lisa terrified in the car. Yeah. Because they're going to Patty and Simon's house. Marge thanks them. Great line from the uh, from the sisters. Uh, we've got plenty of maternity leave we're never going to use anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie then... <laughs> the great, the, Maggie I love, I love the, the, mu- the, the music when she when she sees them. Dun, yeah. dun, dun, and he yeah. clings on, won't let go. And then Lisa. Wish I had thought of that. <laughs> great. So funny that it was Lisa to say it. Yes. Like yeah. the, she's the smart one. Yeah. And then it was at that point too when I was watching it that I forgot that it was just Homer and Maggie. I thought it was mm. Homer being left with the family. Yeah, same. I, f- I forgot. I, I, Initially, I mean, obviously, watching we it, see yeah. him in the car, yeah. But I was looking forward to it because I couldn't really remember it much after, about the episode after that point because it completely threw me. Yeah. So I felt like I was watching the episode for the first time again. Yeah, cool. And I was really looking forward to seeing the way Homer reacted to having to look after Maggie. And I thought it was just hilarious, the whole episode. I really, really enjoyed watching it. So then Marge suggests that Maggie stays with Homer. Are you sure that's wise? Uh-huh. I'll probably trade her for a beer and a nudie magazine. <laughs> for your information, I can take care of my... <laughs> See? Got her in the first bounce. Marge then gets on the train. Now, I feel like they just put her on the train for the dramatic visual. Yeah, I think so. There's no reason that she needed to take a train to Rachel. Because she was like, one so. hour away. <laughs> but she, yeah, and she obviously drives. Yes. Um, 
But yeah. Anyway, anyway. It, it made for a good visual. It did. It made wait, for a great visual. Like, How do I use the pressure cooker? Yeah. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. I just like the, well, goodbye. Goodbye. Like he's not <laughs> expecting her to leave. <laughs> then Homer explains to Maggie that it's just them. I think it's, I thought that was a really, really cute scene. Yeah. Because Maggie's always relied on Marge. Now it's time for Homer to take over. Bart and Lisa just aren't happy. And then Patty and Sam would say something about snoring, whatever. They just hold hands and embrace on yeah. the table. <laughs> it's just great. It's really nice to see Bart and Lisa. Not so much. I mean, they're not working together in this, but they're going through something together. Yes, it, yeah, it's yeah. kind of cool that they're both in equal amounts of pain, just trying to help them help each other through it. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like they're prisoners of war. Like they've formed a bond in this episode. <laughs> and um, Lisa has the great line. Because uh, Bart says, I'm scared. And Lisa's like, you know fear? You I've think seen you know naked. fear? I've seen them naked. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So then it cuts to Marge at Rancho Relaxo and she's watching the McClure intro video. Mm-hmm. Just classic McClure. Yeah. I love the the the, the finest R-rated movies Europe has to offer. <laughs> I just, I, I love the, um, what was he, the, the two movies? You remember me from... Today we kill, tomorrow we die. And Gladys, the groovy mule. Yep. Like, couldn't be too further. And, like, the fact that his voice goes up for it yeah. as well. Also, oh, Gregory, where have you been on my life? <laughs> <laughs> Gregory. Homer's then looking after Maggie. It's like the montage of all the different things that he's doing when he's looking after her. Yeah. So, it was a great visual gag here of he's trying to feed her the food. He starts eating himself. Yeah. Custody, he's eating every fucking jar in the house. It's yep. just great. Uh, laying on the couch and she's flat underneath him. Yeah. And then stapling the nappy, which is genius. Oh, yeah. I'd have done that. <laughs> if I don't know how to do it, I'm just going to staple it. I have a stapled tie at work. Really? Yeah. Like, you know that when you put a tie on, how you've got the little loop at the back of the tie that you put... I can't tie a tie. Oh, okay. Well, you've got your big front bit of the tie and you've got your skinny back bit of yeah, the yeah, tie. Yeah, yeah. The skinny back bit feeds in through a loop. Mm-hmm. My loop broke. So, the skinny back bit would flap around in the breeze. So, I just got a stapler. I stra- Done. Uh, works. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to like staple all the way down it? So it no, no, no. Pattern? So, I just stapled the loop. I just <laughs> ah, got the loop okay. back in place. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And then Homer's doing the puppet show. The dog attacks and Maggie claps. Uh, Marge is then getting the massage and she's loving it. <laughs> I think the masseuse is loving it, I think, as well. Oh, he's just enjoying that someone's enjoying his work. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think, like, that's all, I, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then Barney uh, visits to help him look after Maggie. Did you, did you notice that, let me hold him? Yeah, it's, it's, I think he says this is a little Bart. Oh, did this he? This must uh, be a little Bart. Let me hold him. him. Okay, yeah. And then someone smells stinky. Oh, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Bart's then going through Patty and Selma's clothes. Lisa, another great line from Lisa here. Bart, you really shouldn't be looking through other people's things. Find anything good? Yeah, that's um, reminiscent to one of my favourite jokes in Dumb and Dumber. When he's got Mary's briefcase from the airport. Like, she's left it behind and then he gets it and he comes back in. And he sits the briefcase down. Jeff Daniels says, um, you know, what's that? It's like, it's a love memento. Um, drove to the airport, sparks flew, then she flew to Aspen and out of my life. Um, it's like, what's in it? Man, I would have to be some kind of low life to go rooting around in other people's private property. Is it locked? Yeah, really well. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking today at work, actually, it's funny you say that. I really have to watch Dumb and Dumber again. Because mm. we, we quote... If you haven't the, seen it for a while, it's so good. We quote Dumb and Dumber at work all the time. It's, it's one of the few, for me, one of the few mid-90s comedies that still... I could. I've probably already seen it a hundred times, but I will still laugh at it just as hard every time I watch it. Because it was actually last Friday, a guy knocked over salt at work. And I was like, ah, throw some you salt. spilt the salt. <laughs> That's what's the matter. <laughs> Great movie. It's just a timeless comedy. All right, who's the dead man that hit me with the salt shaker? <laughs> <laughs> the way he's pointing at him. 
<laughs> Let's get away from Dumb and Dumber though. People will get distracted. <laughs> okay, so uh, getting back to uh, but is obviously going through Patty and Summer's clothes, finds the bra. I'll say it once, I'll say it again. Hey, caramba. <laughs> now, this is where Patty and Summer walk in. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time they refer to MacGyver. Yes. Yes. So I think they say Richard Dean Anderson will be in my dreams tonight. Yeah. Best MacGyver ever it, as that, well. That's probably the uh, the longest running gay they have of Patty and Summer. Yeah. It's kind of that and smoking are the two real cigarette uh, are the two real character traits. Yeah. I wouldn't say smoking is more of like a funny trait though. Is it? It's just sort of not so much funny, but yeah. 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 So the is just loving the freedom, just the space in bed and whatnot. Uh, Homer's then putting Maggie to bed, and this is the scene where they had him drawn really dishevelled and just mm. really—is it dishevelled or dishevelled? Dishevelled with yeah. a D. Because the guy I was trying to tell me it was dishevelled today, and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's dishevelled. Anyway, mm. so um, I'm glad they didn't reference him being drunk because that would have been very uh, bad parenting. Yeah, <laughs> look after a baby. But I had it as really nice to see that he's making a genuine effort. I thought they could have gone two ways with Homer in this episode: him not caring at all and just failing or not yep. just failing just being neglectful yeah or him trying and failing at least he was trying in this episode i'm glad they went down that avenue yeah same maggie then though escapes she obviously misses marge way too yep. much crawls past barney who's just asleep on the kitchen floor yeah <laughs> just <laughs> randomly uh sees the tree great use of music here because it's building up to when she thinks she's going to see it and she sort of jumps out hello and then she's really sad and yeah. i felt sad for maggie here yeah. too and then she just leaves down the street one thing, just before we talk about what happens in the next commercial break, there was a little... Ash and I were watching this episode together last night, and I just wanted to share a little gag, just for an insight into what life is like in the Greenhead household. Yeah. Um, so, they're lying... Patty and Sam are lying on their back, snoring while the kids are sort of there, awake, trying desperately to sleep. Ash looks at me and says, is that what I sleep like? My reply, quick as you like, well, you don't wear an eye mask. <laughs> Bang! Husband, like husband of the year. Who snores louder, Murphy or Ash? Uh, no, the dog definitely. Sm- um, Ash doesn't snore very much. Nicholas snores louder. Jet snores more often. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so I am, um, and this I had a great trick by the way. I was I was on a golf trip with a lot of guys, and it was shared accommodation, so I could hear people snoring at different points throughout the night. Pretended it was the dog. It was calming. If it's a human snoring, gives me the shits. But my dog <laughs> snoring, I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. <laughs> So, uh, uh, I'd be I'd kind of creep myself out if I do that though I find this grown man snoring soothing it was weird when they woke up humping my leg <laughs> <laughs> I found it odd that Patty and Salma shared the room yeah well maybe it's just uh, it, it didn't really make sense when she goes alright Lisa uh, Lisa you're sleeping with me this is Salma mm. but you're going to be with Patty and Patty goes oh sorry but I snore when mm. they're in the same room anyway yeah that's true well, you've just blown my mind. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, shit. Let's talk about Dumb and Dumber again. <laughs> <laughs> so, commercial break, come back. Homer is walked into Maggie's room. Time for your 9 a.m. feeding. <laughs> Looks at his watch, 11.45. Yeah. And a little to himself. <laughs> <laughs> but she's obviously gone missing. Now, he looks for her in all different areas around the house. Mm, including the vacuum cleaner. The vacuum cleaner bag, wash basket, and the chimney. Very similar to a gag they use in the later season, Lisa the Vegetarian, when he's looking for Lisa. Ah, yeah. You know when he screams in the baby's pram? Lisa! Yeah, yeah. It's a similar kind of thing. So then it cuts to uh, him asking... Um, Barney. Yeah. Uh, who's more interested in making omelettes. Yes, which I thought was strange, but cool. I, I thought strange as well, because an omelette is takes some degree of delicacy, and I wouldn't have thought that Barney would be the man to do that. It was just a side of Barney that we haven't really seen before. You know, like he, he makes it with... Three different kinds of cheese. I can imagine that. that two. He only two. puts two. I, I would have. I knew you would pay attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> I went two. Oh, maybe I tested not. you. Maybe in the early nineties <laughs> that was fancy. Um, two is a minimum. I'm a big fan of hiding cheese in meals. 
Yeah. Like if you can get some parmesan cheese into a sauce or something yeah. and then, yeah. Well, they use the, um, the, getting back to the episode, they use the fade again to them searching outside yep. the front of the house. Don't know why they would have chosen it here. Do you think it was a deliberate choice to use the fade or do you think it was just a random edit? No, it'd be deliberate. There's nothing happens by mistake. And then Barney... Apart uh, from bow ties disappearing. Now, I forgot about Barney pulling the water pipe out, but I feel yeah. like the animators blew it before he did it because he's pulling, pulling, pulling. But there's already water. You can see a leak on the side there. Yeah. yeah. It would have been better had that not... Not been there. He yeah. sort of gave the gag away. I could see it was going to come. Uh, Maggie's then retracing her steps, which is a nice throwback. I think she goes to the, the bowling shop. Yeah, she goes like to that. Nick's at one point. Uh, the woman has the Marge hair. Now, this is the woman that was voiced by Maggie Roswell. Because she's oh, like, good okay. God. Yeah. yeah. Can't put a bag over my head. Yeah. Mm, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Homer calls the Department of Missing Babies. Yeah. I love how there's just the Department of Everything in The Simpsons. Yeah. So, it's a great... It's a joke without it really being a joke. Yeah. Like, it's not pointing it out. It's just one of those... It's ridiculous that it would exist. Yep, yep. And then that they would have hold music. <laughs> Baby, come back. You can blame it all on me. They do this gag all the time. The, yeah. My favourite one, I've said this before, is that everybody loves a clown. So why <laughs> don't you? Uh, the other good one was the one they had from um, Saturdays of Thunder when he calls oh, yeah, blah, blah, um, blah, blah, Cats in the Cradle. Yeah, so that's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to Marge, who like, it, look, everything's falling apart for Homer, but Marge is just relaxed. She's done all the activities. She's done bungee jumping, kiking. What's calligraphy? Calligraphy, Callig- uh, calligraphy is that like... I going to look it up. It's fancy handwriting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cigar making and hula dancing. Uh, then Marge, she puts on the video again and McClure says, we've well, done everything else, but mm. you tell us what you want to do. And she goes, you know what? I'm going to call room service. I love the final cut, or, uh, not the final cut, but the final shot in that McClure video as well. How it's just him in camera and then he just turns to his hang left glides. and he's on a hang glider. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, you're room service. I love that. And a bottle of tequila. Yeah, I love the escalation of the room service. Yeah. It's like, it's like chocolate or something and just basic stuff. And a bottle of tequila. Yeah. <laughs> so then she's having a relaxing bath watching Thumb and Louise. A great throwback to when the first McClure video when he's mm-hmm. going through all the movies they've got. Not erotic though. No, no, but that's why it's funny. Mm. <laughs> Maybe for the people that don't want to watch erotic films. Yeah, possibly. Great animation though with the hair. Yeah, and she looks young. Like it's... She, she looks relaxed. Yeah. It it's, makes it's me like, relax watching it. It's like it's rejuvenative that it takes her back to her high school days. and Because that's the only time you've ever seen her with her hair down is when she's young and in high school. Yeah, we haven't seen her in the shower or anything at this point, have we? No. no. So, it's it's I, I really like that. Like, you instantly think that Rancho Relaxo has literally washed the years away from her. Yeah, that's yeah, good metaphor. Well, I didn't do it, but thank you. <laughs> good for picking it up. <laughs> uh, Homer then goes to see kids and asks, have you seen Maggie? Nope. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> <Leave them> behind <laughs> again. That <laughs> is traumatized. Time to rub uh, Aunt Patty's feet. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie then sees the guard who looks like the guy from Buckingham Palace. Yeah. It's at the Buckingham Palace quick lube. Yes. <laughs> Homer's just absolutely frantic looking around the house. I actually feel sorry for the character of Homer here because he didn't lose Maggie. She snuck mm. out in the middle of the night. Yeah. He's he's not done anything wrong. No. He to, wasn't neglectful her at all. Disappear. Yeah. He sung her to put, sleep, put he, her to bed. Exactly. He did all the right things. Came in two hours late. Mm. But even if he came in on time, she was gone. She was gone. Yeah. She was out of there. And then Marge calls, says she's coming home in an hour. Best part about this scene, Homer's face. The look on his face. Yeah. <laughs> I tweeted that before this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. I tweeted today. I was very excited. About time. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I used that photo with the caption, um, uh, that moment when you realise that we're not a call-in show. Ah, okay, yeah. Hey, hey, little radio gags. Yes. It's just that, putting the phone back. Not <laughs> <laughs> now I'm fucked. <laughs> Maggie's asleep on the roof at Butterfat's ice cream parlor. Now, yep. this is 
I'm glad this clarified something for me because I obviously well I used to play Simpsons Tapped Out all the time. Oh, I haven't okay. played it for a long time. Yeah. And Butterfat's ice cream parlor was one of the buildings that you could purchase with the donuts and ah, whatnot. Right. And I had no idea what it was. You didn't know why it was there. Yeah. No. And I think maybe this was the same place where Bart got his free Sunday and stuff like that, but never really clicked until yep. I saw Maggie asleep on the sign. I was like, yep. that's what it is. Because to this day, I still didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw some random Love thing that made up with the game. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> it is very cute that Maggie's just... Snapping. Yeah, she's napping next to what she thinks is Marge. Yeah. It's just, it's just a nice little visual. Homer's at home trying to justify reasons why Maggie's going missing. How's he going to explain it to Marge? Yeah. Marge, Maggie was very young. It's not like we got so attached to her. No. Marge, isn't life funny? One day they're babies, the next thing you know, they're off on their own. You were talking before about him hanging up the phone. His trial run with that. Like, what if I told you the dog ran away? That's awful. Oh. Well, the dog didn't run away. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, I'm coming home in an hour. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I did love the next scene where Wiggum arrives with the baby. And he's going to arrest Homer or charge him or something and Homer just kisses him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. big lug. Just yeah. don't do it again. Yeah. It's just one of those male bonding moments. I feel like if, if a cop brought your baby home and you did that, he'd be like, oh, fine, just don't fucking do it again. Yeah. Just go away. Like, yeah. Just leave me alone. It was just really, really nice. But as I said here, it's clear that Wiggum wasn't written to know who the Simpsons family were yeah. at this point. Love kidding you describe her. Uh, small, female. Bingo! Bingo! <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Loved it. I did also love the next shot where he's just taping Maggie down to the car seat. Yeah. You're going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then grabs, goes to get Bart and Lisa, walks out with them on the legs. They just don't want to let yep. go. Throws them in the car. And then Marge arrives Great use of the photo. Yeah, yeah, God, that was so good, that shot. Yeah, yeah. That was really, really great. For people that haven't apart. watched the episode, so Marge is holding like a Polaroid of the family and then pulls it, like, you know, drops it down and it segues to what they're currently looking like and they're all just bedraggled messes after yeah. having had her away for a little while. And then you get the embrace and just everyone with never leave again. Never, never again. leave again. <laughs> It's exactly how you would be, though. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, mum would, like, go away for, like, two nights, and our place would just fall apart. There'd be pizza boxes yep. built up to the roof and just dishes in the sink and just everything. I can't remember. Was Maggie run down when the when the photograph came down? I don't think she was. I, I didn't really Maggie think always, Maggie never really seems too fussed. No. She, 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 she can hold her own. Yeah, she carries herself well, that little kid. And uh, a great way to end the episode. Very, very... Feel, a really feel-good ending. So, mm. Homer and Marge are talking in bed. And then Marge is explaining, I want more help with looking after the kids. And I want more help around the house. And I want to be able to go on a vacation by myself. And then Bart just interrupts and it, you know, reveals that the whole family's in bed with her. Mum, I think I speak for everyone when I say, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah. Now, let's go to sleep. A great way to end the episode. This episode I've written here. For the episodes we've reviewed so far, this would be my top five now. Okay. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, well. I, I, I personally didn't put it as high as that. I thought yep. it was just solid. But, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but no, that's good. It's just, I feel like it's an episode that almost anyone can relate to. There's something that, like if you're a kid, you don't want to stay with that auntie or that uncle yep. or that grandma or whatever. And then if you're a mum, you know, getting used and abused, you're just doing everything with no credit. When you're a dad being left alone with the kids, you just don't know what to do because dads just don't know what to do with the kids unless you're a good father. Would you call you, do you think you'll be a good father? One day? Uh, I feel I feel like Nicola and I will be... Nick I've never felt less qualified to answer a question. You, 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 you look around this room, and it's like, well, you are a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I... No, I think I would be, should it come to that. 
I'm sure you will be. You'll be a very, uh, what's the word? Sarcastic? You'll make sure your kids see the best movies. Oh, yeah, they'd be well, they'd be well educated. Well educated. Yeah. <laughs> um, On pop culture. Yeah, and uh, yes, definitely. They won't be uh, listening I to would, the Spice Girls. Uh, no, there'd be none of that. There'd be no, whatever, whatever, like, there, there wouldn't be any wiggles. Um, <laughs> They'll quote Tim Roth from Pop Fiction. Ex- exactly right, yeah. <laughs> we'll, start them, we'll start them on the good stuff. <laughs> you take them to, like, Pizza Hut or you can eat, and then your little girl's like, for, if any one of you motherfuckers <laughs> even moves, I'll kill every other fucking last one of you. <laughs> good girl, good girl. Here's yeah, $5. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> You dare your daughter to do it. Ash gobsmacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, there's a listener out there that gets their kid to do that. I'll give him $100. Get it on film. Yes, it has to be on film. Recreate moments from Tarantino. Get children to reenact Tarantino films. That would be the best thing in the world. Oh but it's got to be done in an environment where the public doesn't know that it's happening. <laughs> that's that's the key. Imagine the two kids at Macca's. Just, yeah. The girl just stands up and does that. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Just two kids at Macca's. You know what they put on their fr- uh, fries? Yeah. <laughs> Mayonnaise. <laughs> nah. I'm, I'm telling you, man, they fucking drown in that shit. <laughs> it would be amazing. Someone please do it and send it to us. We want all the credit. Just, I'd love to see like a little, anyone out there that doesn't mind their four-year-old swearing, if they know someone named Buck. Send like this little four-year-old girl up. <laughs> Your name is Buck. You like to fuck. And then just <laughs> slash his throat. Or like, no, I think she jumps onto him or something. Like, yeah. Bites his tongue off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. Be amazing. Yes. <laughs> like, just a little girl, cute pigtails, but angry eyes. <laughs> what did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from this episode, Mitch? Um, oh, shit. What? Th- th- it's very easy to lie to children. Yeah, it it's is. It's time for your 9 a.m. feeding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just learned to appreciate your mum. I was watching this, I'm like, I can give my mum a call. That's a much nicer thing than what <laughs> I learned. <laughs> Here I am. I think I'd be a good father. It's really easy to lie to children. So now it's time for some trivia. I have three questions for you this week, Oh, Mitch. I only had the one. Okay, I'll start off then. So, where did Marge tell Bart that he left his hat in the opening shot, the um, opening scene? I'm sure it was where he left it. Yes, but where? Um, I should give partial credit. Yeah. Uh, behind... The sofa? Behind the toilet. Nearly. Damn. Yep. Good try. Okay. Uh, what did Homer want on his sandwich? Double bologna. Yeah. yeah. Is that right? Yes. Okay, cool. Two. Two bologna <laughs> slices. <laughs> My second question. In the second Nick's bowling shot, so once she's gone to the first one, he yep. sends her across town, who does he have a photo of on his wall? Ah. Um, President Nixon bowling back-to-back 300 games. Yeah, a character who has appeared in an episode that we reviewed. Is Jacques in there? Jacques. Okay. It's just, it's, just a, it's just a portrait of Jacques. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And my final question. How does Bart like his sandwiches cut? Oh, um, triangles? She said diagonally, not lengthwise. Well, that's close. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's my trivia for the week. Okay. Triangle sandwiches definitely tasted better than rectangles. Oh, especially when you were a kid, yeah. yeah. I, I, I always cut rectangle now for some reason. I don't know why. I just prefer to eat them uh, that way. It's the cold efficiency of adulthood. <laughs> yeah. I used to like the four triangles. Is that what you're referring to when you say triangles? Yeah, yeah. yeah mini triangles. Yeah. But even if it was a half triangle, that would still count. And then but you get like grade four and you had the big triangles, yeah, and you felt like a big boy. Mm. You know what I think it was? Because when you go little triangles, it's easier to avoid the crust with your first bite. So you just get nice, delicious, fresh, beautiful bread. That is true. Yeah. Mm. I think with the little triangles, it's good to eat them from side on where you get crust and bread. As well. uh, okay. I like it. I don't like eating them. Well, I like I like eating the crust. Yeah. Oh no, I don't get me so wrong. I prefer, I'll, I'll I'll eat the crust. You get crust with every bite when they're small triangles. Okay. <laughs> I see what you're getting at there. <laughs> Cooking lessons with Dan Mitch. Tabeel, Tabeel is here. Ooh, yay! My favorite time of the year, the year, week. 
<laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so who have we got this week? Uh, well, we've got a few things to get through. First thing, I want to throw a shout out to Greggles. Now, this is a little story where a friend of mine um, named Jen, who I used to go to high school with, used to do drama with, we've done a few plays and that sort of thing. In the lead up to us interviewing Harry Shearer, yeah. she's chatting with her father and he's and he's saying like, oh, you know, this is really exciting. A Simpsons podcast that I like to listen to is interviewing Harry Shearer. She's spoken to me and knew that I was interviewing Harry Shearer. Put two and two together. My girl that I went to high school with, her father, listens to my show, had no idea of the connection. How amazing is that? How, it was really cool. Like, yeah. I'm still legitimately blown away that anyone would listen to me. Like, it, as much as I'm arrogant and put on this kind of cocky facade, like, I still... It blows my mind that people would go, oh, this is funny enough to listen to week in, week out. We're at the point now where I'll upload an episode. By the time I wake up, I'll put it up like Thursday night. I wake mm. up, we've got like... Dozens. Like 1,500 <laughs> downloads like straight away. Like, I'm just like, what the hell? Like, yeah. there's, there's like 1,500 people out there that download it immediately. Mm. What? That's exciting. And <laughs> I is. only have 1,400 computers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, there's at least 100 people out exactly, there. Exactly, yeah. That's really cool. Also, if you want to send in a question to our mailbag, it's obviously just mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. We've got mm-hmm. plenty this week. We've got a lot of our Tinder profiles getting sent in. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get all the screenshots people send in. So, basically, if you haven't heard the show before, this is your first time mm-hmm. listening, quick recap. We had a few people sending in um, Simpsons-based Tinder profiles. Yeah. Well, we, we had a, a listener Emily. that needed help, Emily. Yeah. Now, we want... And I was going to get to that. And then what we want is people who use Simpsons references in their about section on Tinder. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, correct. So, and then so it's got to be like a Simpsons quote. We suggested for Emily, um, my shirt is chafing Yeah, my shirt chafing Do you mind yeah. if I take it off? And she got a hit on that recently. Yeah, She's keeping yeah. us updated with progress. Someone said that uh, something about Jimbo Jones being the best. Yes. And we've had a lot of people send in uh, screenshots this week. So keep sending them in to mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Screenshots of your, co- your Simpsons-based conversations, mm. where, where it's lent, uh, led you to. And we're going to create an, an album on the Facebook page called Simpsons Tinder Profiles mm-hmm. and put them all on there. So keep sending them in. We'll get to it eventually. When we get maybe, say, 30 different ones. That's mail- when it'll go up? Yeah. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Mm-hmm. Anyone that works for BuzzFeed Australia is already writing that idea down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So we've got an email that comes in from a man. I Well, I presume man. It's a Rob. He's a man. Any wrestling fan will appreciate that. Rob Holland-Nati. Hi, guys. I recently started listening to the podcast since my exams ended. I would have liked it if he was listening to them during his exams, but this probably helped him. Well, actually, he says he's a music student, so that wouldn't have worked. No. <laughs> I'm a music student in Canada, and my friend Shelby told me about the podcast, so a big thank you to her, and a big thank you to Shelby yes, from thanks, us Shelby. as well. I'm a big fan of all the episode reviews and love every interview that you do as well, so pretty much he's a fan of everything that we've done. Yeah. <laughs> as someone should, who- I was thinking today we should do some more top 10 lists in the future. Anyway, continue. Okay, yep. As someone who is... Well, he, apparently he's not a fan of the top tens. Oh, At the very really? least, they're not in the email. No. <laughs> As someone who's interested in voice acting, it was incredible getting to hear an interview with Harry. Mm. It was incredible to do an interview with <sighs> Harry. Now, given that... A I'll few- never forget your face when you made him laugh. Ah. Uh, you, like, you forgot. I did. I forgot. I, I, I had an out-of-body moment. I went, <laughs> oh my God. Like, in, I was talking to myself in my head, going, I've just made Harry Shearer laugh. <laughs> what more is there that I, can, that I can accomplish in life? You just go, beep, hang up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. To the George Costanza. Yeah. Oh, that's it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Shearer spends the rest of his time in Australia going, I was talking to this really funny guy in <laughs> <laughs> four-figure discount. 
what I was going to say, for people that really enjoyed that interview, it, it struck me from the tone, there are a lot of people that have not heard him do proper interviews before. Yeah. A couple of the really good ones that I can recommend would be Harry Shearer on Kevin Pollock's chat show. That was good, yeah. It goes for a long time, though. It so does. That's like a two time. and a half hour yeah. or so interview. And Harry Shearer on Richard Herring's Leicester Square, Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as the cool kids are calling it, Rahel Stipper. Yep. And if you uh, go on to iTunes and type Harry Shearer, we're above that one now. Yes, we are. We totally <laughs> kicked its ass. But there are a couple really good, like if you wanted to get, and, and that's why we would have loved to have spent hours and hours talking to we him. We only got 15 minutes. So. Yeah. There is so much more that he that he has up his sleeve that he can talk about. I'm but totally pushing for us to get an, ext- uh, an extended one. It'd be amazing yeah. if we could. I'll fly to wherever I need to. <laughs> anyway, last summer, Rob took it upon himself to watch all of The Simpsons. All of it. After eight months and several sufferings... How many seasons? So all to- 20 seasons... Sorry, all 20. All 27 seasons have been watched. Wow. It's, it's a hell of an effort. Like that, I don't know that I've ever binged any show. Well, no, there's no other show that really runs that long. Like, uh, the, the longest one I binged was Mash. Oh yeah, yeah and that yeah. was like 230 episodes. Something yeah, like that. yeah. I was, was going to say it was 240 hours, and that was just the final. Yeah, <laughs> boom. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, you don't like Mash, what, do you? No, I, I do like Mash. Okay. It's just it's weird when you watch Mash on Foxtel. I think I've said this before that it goes from the early f- like the well, ones where they've got the laugh track, and then it goes to one where Serious Alan Alda, yeah. yeah, is directing him, and there's no laughs, and it's all and you're like, what happened to my Mash? Political statements, yeah. yeah. But the final goodbye, farewell, and amen. Holy shit! Yeah. Is that one of the most amazing things of all time? Anyway. Rob's question is, have you ever, have we ever been so invested in something that you decided to see it all the way through to prove a point? Several people told me that I was wasting my time, but now I feel like I'm in the 0.1% of the world that has seen every single episode. The decision has caused my girlfriend to assume all references that I make are Simpsons quotes, and I'm incapable of having a normal conversation without quoting the show, but I regret nothing! <laughs> he doesn't put an exclamation mark. Girlfriend, obviously, he's a dude. He doesn't put an exclamation mark, but I just prefer... You added it, yes. Yeah. I, I want Rob to be wearing a t-shirt of himself with like his arms in like a Superman pose. Just yeah. like, I regret nothing! Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the Simpsons on in the background. All you'd have to do is look around this room and see how much time and effort's gone into putting shit on the walls. Yeah, that... Uh, how... Yeah. People Long, would you say? Well, just look at that. Tar- Even just look at the Tarzos behind the TV there. Yep, that was my Saturday, Sunday a week ago. They're all perfectly in line. I've only just noticed this now for the first time. There's not one of those that's askew. I might be a few. It's a little bit askew, but I tried try to do the best I possibly could. You know, theater of the mind, Dando. Yeah, <laughs> no one had to know that. <laughs> I'm going to um take a photo and put it on the Facebook wall so people can see what we're talking about. Yeah. But- yeah, my room's pretty full. <laughs> and they're all coordinated, like every every card... Well, every... The, well, the cards are, so... Yeah, the cards are all in the same sort of collections. You're saying the Tarzos aren't? Well, the Tarzos are... They'll have to come down. The Tarzos are, in a sense, the way they're coordinated is... So, basically, what, what we're talking about is I have the... In my... Our, my boy's room is just a spare bedroom in a house. I took the doors off the wardrobe and put my TV in there. And behind the TV is all Tarzos on the wall. Pogs, is what you refer to mm. in America. I've got Alf ones up there. Can you believe? He's back. Yes. And I'll go... Because I went to the pop culture sale a few years ago. I got they see that box there. I've got that full of Simpsons Pogs for $5. Yep. So, I've got about 3,000 of them. So, each row, it goes a row of Simpsons Pogs and then a, a row of whatever. So, it might be Star Wars Tarzo, Space Jam Tarzo, Simpsons Tarzo, anything. And then Simpsons Pogs again. So, mm-hmm. that's the way I've coordinated it. So, it's Simpsons, whatever. Simpsons, whatever. All down the side there, that's all Looney Tunes ones. That's all Star Wars ones. That's all Space Jam ones. Took a long time. I'm sure it would have. <laughs> um, for me, 
alphabetizing DVDs in a similar vein to that. We all have all done that, haven't we? We have many times because you do it and then you move and then you get jumbled and you have to do it again. We get the G and we're like, what are we doing? What have I done? Do you know how many movies I have starting with the letter M? Oh. And then you come across movies that you forgot you had. I'm like, huh, bulletproof. <laughs> There's a reason. There's a reason. The other one for me, though, when it comes to... I mean, when you're doing that with The Simpsons and you're going through all of those... Not to mince words, beat around the bush. You're going to have watched some pretty bad episodes at some point, And you would have got to a period where you went, oh, what am I doing? Why am I committing to this? For me, reading the third Dexter novel. Okay. So, I read the first one, which was called uh, Darkly Dreaming Dexter. So, I think it was, was called. the show based on a book or was the book based? Yeah. Okay. So, the novel came out first and then um, that was what the TV show was picked okay. up from. The TV show very quickly diverted away from what the plot of the novel turned into and Basically, as bad as that TV show ended, that's how bad the third novel was. Okay. Except that the TV... The whole book? Yeah, the whole fucking book uh. was like, well, maybe from the first couple of chapters, so I get this sense that it's going to go down a bad path. I'm like, oh, oh, I don't know about that. But I'd read the other two and it was in an omnibus. So, it was, you know, three books that were released. And at that time, I was traveling back and forth from Melbourne for work and I was like, oh, I'll push on. I've, I've come so far. I don't want to stop reading it now. But with every page, I was just hating it more and more and I was hating myself more and more and more. But I was hoping against hope. I was like, surely it's not going to be what I think it's going to be. But it turns out that it was going to be yeah. that. And I had a ceremonial burning of the books. <laughs> really? The I got to the end. It's the only time I've ever done this, ever. But I, I caught, the first book I really liked, it was really good. But I got to the end and I, I, I need to burn it to purge the memory from my soul <laughs> that I had this for so fucking long and suffered over it, despite the fact that I was hating it. But I was somehow proving it to myself that I'd started down this path and I couldn't stop until yeah. I'd stopped. So, that's a few answers to that question, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's plenty more that I have done in the past oh, yeah. that along those lines. Even video games, like something like Mass Effect 3, sorry, Mass Effect Trilogy, which I'd never played any of until the first one and just going through and committing myself to... I know that the third one's probably going to be the best and it's going to be the most up-to-date technology, but I felt like I couldn't properly enjoy that until I'd played through the first two. And God, it's a hard slog with some of the... There are moments of tedious, grinding repetition throughout those first two games. As brilliant as they are, there were also times where I have clocking my, my 34th hour in this game. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm just bleary-eyed trying to slam my way through it and just think, what am I doing with my life? I have to work tomorrow. It's like when you pick a World Cup in Brian Lara Cricket or Shane Warren Cricket yeah, and yeah. then pick 50 ever, 50 ever game. Yeah. You get to like 30th over and you're like... Generating what? this. Yes, generating things. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, what's the next question for the mailbag? For well, that's actually it for questions. Now, we've just got some emails. Oh, okay. Some stuff to read through. Oh, we've got some... Um, a lot of people have nitpicked and pulled us up on some mistakes that we've made. Oh, but yeah. Before, lots of them this week. Before we get to them, we've got Chris Dunnell, who's written in. Uh, Hi, guys. Mitch and Murphy's seventh favourite Airbnb guest here. Chris, you were our fifth favourite. Please don't undersell yourself. Chris, uh, congrats on the Harry Shearer interview. That's been a pretty common th- mm. theme for what's coming through. I'm pretty sure you made him laugh at least twice as well. Upon repeat listenings, yes, I did. But we might have edited one of those laughs in. We didn't. Don't break the fourth. No, we didn't. People are going to go, I can't believe that you... (laughs) I was listening to that interview and I firmly thought that you had made him laugh twice. And here all of my hopes and dreams come crashing down. 
A couple of random comments coming out of the lease of the Greek review. Uh, Chris is one of those law-talking guys who did gambling and law as a unit as part of his master's taught by a US expert. So, our question about sports betting in the US. Um, it is still way behind Australia. Even in 2016, it's still outlawed technically in every state except Nevada and a few others. Of course, everyone gets around that by betting online or through a sort of local bookie or, or barkeep. Uh, barkeep. I love that, love that term. His response. Barkeep. His response to you about selecting an NBA team, and this is the first. Uh, this is the only one I've seen in regards to that. Uh, don't do what stupid thirteen-year-old Chris did and pick a team from a city that your Chris isn't still thirteen. By the I way, I got He's told not- by a guy today I should get a guy at work. He barks for um, Heat. He goes either the Heat or the Spurs. That's okay. what he said. Well, he went the Spurs, but he said, don't pick a team from a city that you're not actually ever going to want to visit. So, in his case, he went the San Antonio Spurs because Larry King said that they, they thought, he thought they could go all the way at the end of the Bible. So, go for a team from somewhere like New York, LA, San Francisco, Chicago, Boston, or Miami. So, that you know, you, when you're traveling around, you can actually go watch a game of theirs. He said, personally, he'd go for the Clippers. They've been terrible for most of their existence, but now they've got some exciting players like Blake Griffin they're usually a chance to at least make the final four. They're sort of like the NBA's version of the Western Bulldogs, if that'll help sell yep. that for you. So thank you very much for writing in, Chris. Yes. There's nothing else that I've, I've got I've got, got a whole off-season to decide my team for next year. You do? So congratulations to a LeBron. Of course, congratulations to the Cav. Holy shit, just breaking history. The first time ever a team has come back from 3-1 in the finals to just get it done. That block of his is oh, going to go man. down in history as one of the greatest sporting moments of all time. I just love the genuine uh, passion when that's, when the siren's gone, like they've won the game. LeBron, the biggest basketball star in the world today, like the Michael Jordan of our time now, mm. just in tears on the floor. Yeah. But you can just see the emotion in it. It's just an unbelievable moment. Yeah. 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 If there's ever any doubt about, like even in a team like NBA where it's all so geared promoted towards individuals if there's any doubt about how much they want team success it's those moments that give that that shatter any illusion of that so mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au let me know which NBA team you think I should support because I really want to pick a team Mm. Uh, and of course Mets for the baseball that's just a lock Uh, Bridie Fitzmorris has written in hi guys wife of a non-Simpsons fan how did that happen female listener here we do exist (laughs) Harry Shearer interview was awesome so exciting uh, I have one small bone to pick. So, this is where it begins. Oh, no. Marge was for the casino. Do I want to hear it? <laughs> Marge was for the casino in the casino episode, much to everyone's surprise. Oh, She's yeah. very right on that. It's yeah. like they, they all turn to her, expecting her to complain, and she sort of shrugs her shoulders yeah, and right. says, actually, I don't have a problem with it. Anyway, yep. cheers. Love the podcast. I listen to all the different ones when I'm milking. So, obviously, we've got a farmer. And four finger... Sorry, she listens to a lot of different ones when she's milking. <laughs> I'm glad you explained that. Milking... <laughs> well, I presume cows... <laughs> I just hope it's cows. And, <laughs> and four-finger discount is bumped to the top every week when it comes out. Thank you very much, Bridie. Sent from her iPhone. Oh, we've um, So, moving on to the next one. This one comes through from Felix. We've got a top 10. It's been a while since we've had a listener send yeah. in their top 10 episodes, which we do like reading out every now and then just to kind of get a different idea. So... So, Felix has been a huge fan, loves the podcast. He's been a huge fan of The Simpsons ever since it aired in 1989. He remembers being six and watching the, the Christmas episode. So That's he's, cool. From the intro, yeah. Fell in love and haven't stopped loving the show ever since. Anyway, uh, his top ten. We've got, in order, 
Number 10, The Springfield Files. Number 9, The Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie Show. Number 8, Behind the Laughter. Number 7, Itchy and Scratchy Land. Number 6, Cape Fear. Number 5, Bart of Darkness. Number 4, The Way We Was. Number 3, Raging Age Simpson. The Hellfish one. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't get a mention very often. That's pretty cool to have in there. Number 2, Deep Space Homer. And number 1, Mother Simpson. So skipped over a lot of what you would normally see in a top 10 list, which yeah. I really liked. It was a very kind of unique take on um, his favorite episodes. I guess when you have a quick look through, there's sort well, of... I wonder if Felix... They mostly appear to be from the the mid-years of like Except for season, Behind the Laughter. Yeah, except for that. I, know, I guess even like season 11, that's like the early years now. Well, like now it is, yeah. But I mean, for someone that's been watching from the whole time, there's really nothing in there from before season four or five. It's mostly six to... Yeah. Nine-ish. The way we was, season two. Yeah, the way we was as early. But Raging Ape Simpson, Deep Space Home, and Mother Simpson, they've all sort of come from that That's the golden core era. period. Yeah. Anyway, so thank you very much for sending that in. Anyone else that wants to contribute, send through your top ten lists. Um, I've been asked, uh, I've been tasked with putting together my top ten movies uh, by someone, which just to to let them know, I'm working on that. Um, for the last two weeks, I've been going crazy, and that list has changed about twenty different times. So, uh, I can guarantee three that will be in there will be Big Lebowski, Big Lebowski. Uh, there will be Goodfellas, and The Prestige. There'll be there'll be um, three absolute locks. Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> The beach. <laughs> um, uh, we've got... Now, I'm going to close the mailbag. On a down note, we've got one more person who's picked us up on making a mistake. This comes under the subject of worst quote use ever. Hi, Mitch and Dando. Love the show, guys. Found you in the TV section of the Pocket Cast app. Thank you hmm. to all the guys at Pocket Cast. Never heard of it, For but allowing you. people... I think it's an Android-based... Cool, yeah. Um, uh, she listens to us all the time at work. I've been a Simpsons fan from way back, and I'm only and I'm reliving the entire show with us. The problem is that I'm starting to worry my coworkers with random chuckling at my desk. I do really appreciate. We the get fact that quite a bit actually. Yeah, I, I love that in public. There was one person that sent us an email. We have to go back and find it. They said they started crying in public, and a, grown, a woman oh, asked. Yeah. We'll find out for next week. But anyway, continue with this. I will story. be able to. Yeah, I, 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 that was my favorite thing ever. Yeah, you know, I cried in an episode of Frasier the other. Yeah, not like balled out my eyes, but welled up with tears. It was really quite distressing. And, and <laughs> <laughs> what the episode or the fact that you were crying? Both. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it to happen because like Fraser gets rid of his dad's chair, like he's got that old shitty green chair, and in the early seasons it was this big yeah, yeah, yeah. annoyance um, of Fraser. But he brought it in with him, yeah. Yeah, so he gets rid of it and he buys Marty a new like sleek massage chair but Mar- everyone else loves it everyone sits in it it's, it's like they all say it's great but Marty sits in it's just not him it's not comfortable and he says I no I can't have it I want my chair back and it turns out that his chair has been thrown away um, Frasier didn't realise that was going to happen but someone else picked it up so Frasier in exasperation says I'll get you any chair I'll drive all over Seattle if I have to I'll get you any chair just tell me the chair that you want and you, then Marty comes back with, and this is where you see why he wants his chair so much. It's not about the comfort. He's like, all right, I'll tell you the one I want. I want the chair that I was sitting in when I watched Neil Armstrong walk on the moon. I want uh, the chair that um, I used to fall asleep. Uh, I No, I want the chair that I was sitting in when I got a phone call to say that I had my first grandson. I want the chair that I used to fall asleep in when... Um, and, you know, my wife would wake me... His wife's dead. It's like, yeah. you know, that my wife would be able to wake me up and kiss me. You know, sometimes when I fall asleep in there, I wake up and I still think that she's alive. And that was the bit. I was like, holy shit, man. Like, it's just fucking... Frasier, yeah. in the middle of all of of all of the jokes of Frasier, that happened, and it just 
Ash and I just both looked at each other on the couch and we both just tears sort of streaming down our cheeks. I'm not in any way embarrassed to admit it. It was one of the most amazing bits of writing and acting in the middle of a sitcom. That's why the show was so successful. Mm. It's just one of the most beautifully written sitcoms of all time. Oh, came from nowhere. Anyway, if you haven't watched Frasier, go back and watch the, particularly the, the early ones. The best sitcoms have heart behind mm. them. Same with The Simpsons. The reason it was so successful, it's got heart to it. Exactly. Anyway, I'm sorry. I've completely sidetracked from Mandy telling us that we were wrong. <laughs> uh, Notice that we keep mentioning You Only Move Twice, the Hank Scorpio episode, which is, which is fair because it's an awesome episode. But... When we mention this episode, one of us re- has often repeated the quote, uh, at least tell me your plans for world domination. Ah, I, ha, ha, ha. I actually noticed that one you again. this last time you did it. I think we we're doing our top tens like, yeah. characters or something and you quoted it. And I was like, no one's going to pick up on that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you, Mandy. <laughs> uh, apparently. Um, yeah. So, Mandy points out that that's from the 138th episode, Spectacular. Yeah, the deleted scenes. For, is it the, it's Tom the Cruise's Casino. Yeah, the deleted scenes from yeah. the casino. Uh, yeah, the rules for drawn stud poker. Um, I apologize to everyone unreservedly for getting that wrong. It's an easy mistake to make. My brain just sort of wrapped up all of the Bond references into one. Yeah. At least she's paying enough attention and she's polite enough. Yeah, I, I've got no that. problem with pointing out no. with people pointing out when I'm wrong. If I did, I wouldn't read it out on air. We've learned something. I'd, I'd, I'd pull a Bill O'Reilly and just ignore all of the people that disagree <laughs> with me. Uh, anyway, so now I can't end the mailbag on that. I am going to end it on a quick My Two Cents story. I was going to say, where the hell's the My Two Cents story? I've been, ba- I've been holding it back because this is one of my favourite ones. I'm Kent Bruckman, and that was my two cents. This is from a little while ago. I won't give away who it was, because it could slightly incriminate me. Now, it's a mother-in-law story. So, Ooh. everyone has mother-in-law, mother-in-laws that they don't get. And so, this it doesn't get, get along with mine. This wouldn't, have to see her. <laughs> this doesn't get me in trouble directly, but could get someone else into trouble if I, if I mention names. Ash. No. No, 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 no one related to me. But anyway, okay. um, during some renovations, had to stay at the in-laws for a little bit. One night, you know, it's... 9.30 or whatever, they go to boil a kettle, make a coffee. Is anyone else having coffee? Everyone says no. No dramas. Go in, kettle's empty. Fill the kettle up, boil the kettle. Pop the tea, you know, make their coffee, come back out to the table. Get this little fr- little sideways glance from the mother. You've been gone a while. Yeah, I was waiting for the kettle to boil. Did you fill the kettle the whole way to the top? Yeah, yeah, why? You know it takes longer to boil. That's just wasting electricity. Electricity. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a waste of water. No, no, no. no, no, Not a waste of water. A waste of electricity. She has got a point there. She has got a point. The extra 35 seconds that it took for that kettle to boil. Do that three times a day, man. I'm pretty sure she was also very militant on checking bath levels when they were bathing the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Making sure that it wasn't put too high up. Ten-year-olds bathing in the sink. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, that's one of my favourites of all time. Like, that's really, really... Wasting electricity. Like, that's being tight in ways that people haven't even imagined to be tight. That's not asking for someone, can I grab 50 cents for the bread that you just used at my house to make toast? Like, this is really thinking hard about things of, well, how can how can I make sure... You know what it's like? It's like Gary Sinise in Apollo 13. Try to, like, you know, try to run the, the thing under 12 amps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't run a vacuum cleaner under twelve amps, John. It reminds me of like my nan. She turns her TV off at night and then will turn it off at the wall. Oh she, yeah, yeah. So there's no stand because the standby is wasting electricity. Yeah, no, that that's true. Is it? Yeah, that does save um over, over the course of a year. That'll add up. Okay. Mm. Well, sorry, nan. Yeah, <laughs> as you should be. <laughs> okay, so thanks for listening to our review of Homer Alone. That was a long mailbag, but it was a good one. 
Well, there was just there was a lot of content in there and a lot of long form emails. Not much Simpsons stuff, but I don't mind. It I don't good. care. The, the mailbag's more about connecting. Good banter. Mm. Speaking of connecting, how many people do we have in Melbourne? Okay, because yes. we don't we don't necessarily a lot of our contact comes from overseas. But I know from analytics that there's a lot of people around Melbourne. Listen, so more specifically, how many people in Melbourne or nearby? How many people would be keen on? a catch-up of some variety. We're thinking we want to celebrate the fact that we've been doing this for a year and everything is tracking well. We've just interviewed Harry. We're in a good mood. We want to go to a bar somewhere in Melbourne. We'll get like a little private, little roped-off area. We can do a meet and greet. People come up, have a few meet drinks. And yeah, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> People can have a few drinks. Um, 50 bucks an autograph. Uh, you know, we'll do it cheaper than what we normally will because it'll be the first night. Uh, no, no, but like just a little fun Simpsons night, maybe trivia, maybe games. I don't know. Right now, I'm just floating the idea. I'll bring Simpsons... Cluedo, Simpsons Monopoly. I've got yeah, board games. <laughs> yeah. So, if you're in Melbourne, send us some emails so we can get some ideas of how many people would be keen on doing that. Just one night somewhere in the city. Yeah, just mailbag, mailbag yeah. at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. If you're interested in coming to a four-finger discount night in Melbourne, just to hang out and have some beers. Yeah. But just And, I mean, you know, catch up with like-minded people as well. Yeah. Like, really. It's not just about coming in and saying hello to us, because as hilarious as we will be, the time will be limited. We, just, be we, we just want to put the night together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you can, you know, maybe you're a lonely person in Melbourne. Maybe you're a single person in Melbourne. Maybe your Tinder profile is not getting as much respect as you feel like it should be. You can come out, you can set your search range to be less than one kilometre and you know that everyone that's in that room that's going to be swiping is going to see that and understand it. I want you to, to when your grandchildren say, how did you and granddad meet? Well, we went to this four-finger discount night back in uh, 2016. Whoa. <laughs> I'm done with that mental image, Grandpa. <laughs> so, Mitch, any final words before we let the listeners go? As well, before, before Mitch does his final words, please rate and review us in the iTunes store. It's very important. It makes us boost up the ratings. It's uh, boost up the rankings. Very, very important. Appreciate everyone that's done so, so far. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the lot, at FourFingerPod. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to the show, don't have to, but I really do appreciate it. It's uh, fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate. Now, Mitch, any final words? Well, you just said before Mitch does his final words, like I'd written some. So now I feel like I'm under pressure to come up with something. I've got nothing. Well, what's that you're holding there? What's that screwed on your hand? Um, you said you don't have notes. I'm sick and tired of people making jokes about my <laughs> average-sized hand. 